0: Radio, your gamer's role. wwwd 20
1: Well, well, what have we here? Welcome to the wonders of Thedas. Welcome to the One is a Thetis podcast, your one-stop shop for all your Dragon Age role-playing game needs. My name is Rem.
0: And I'm Jessica.
1: Welcome back to the episode... Well, I guess not welcome back, because you just got here. Episode 58 of the One is a Thetis Smooth podcast. We're, we're oh, yeah.
0: barreling towards success.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think there was something in that drink, because uh, today we're talking about poison making.
0: Mm-hmm. It's going to be cool.
1: I will need to seek medical attention after the episode, but the show must go on. You're trying see, to take
0: uh, my pun slot from me because it won't work.
1: If I take them all, then you can't do any.
0: I think you'll have to wait and see. That's how
1: I win. So no, we decided we'll to we decided to force the issue. I'd say I did because I, I really want to talk about these talents because I think they're really cool and there's a lot of potential in them. Uh, specifically, the crafting talents. Uh, we did rune crafting this time. We're doing poison making soon, then we will be doing trap making because I think traps are a lot of fun. And poison, it's poison making itself, is kind of more like an alchemy talent because it includes not only poisons, but it also but includes... But nades! Nades. Explosives.
0: So this should be fun.
1: Oh yeah. This is a good, it's a good time. We got nothing uh, this week in Thetis. Sadly, we were, ho- I was hoping to hear or see something about faces of Thetis at Gen Con and it was not meant to be.
0: Alas. But blast. we did see a lot of really cool things at Gen Con. We did see a
1: lot of cool stuff and at get Gen talked Con. got to to some
0: really cool people. Oh, and yeah. just had a blast.
1: I ran 16 hours of games for Green Ronin, three Dragon Age games and a Fantasy Age game, and they were all a blast.
0: I ran zero hours of games, but literally ran about, or walked about six miles every day and saw all sorts of people. Yeah. If you're one of the people who knows me and didn't get to see me, I'm really sad that I missed you. Hit me up. We'll do coffee.
1: Uh, I uh, forgot to bring my... Uh, business cards that I bought just before the convention, to the convention, of course, uh, second year in a row. Yeah. uh, Of course, this year I I at least had four. (laughs) There you go. So I happened to put them in my wallet.
0: Oh, well. Next Uh, time.
1: Next year, I will definitely be handing them out. uh, But for those of you who have just discovered the podcast, perhaps because you played at our table, welcome. Thanks for coming. Hope you enjoy the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to go ahead and get started with our first segment, the Codex. You can ask me questions if you like. I'm not sure why you'd want to, but... Oh, good. Thank you. I'm going to regret this, aren't I? Welcome to the Codex. We've got a couple of good ones this time around. I'm excited to talk about them. Well, these.
0: to be fair, I'm pretty sure all of them have been pretty good.
1: Yeah. are. Well, it's true. There are no stupid questions. They're all good questions, and we want to hear all of them couple of these honestly could potentially be their own episodes, but we're going to try and do them nice and quick. Uh, and if we want, if you folks want to come back to them, feel free to let us know. All right. So, first question comes from our friend Kevin Malone, the D20 Radio Forums. It's been a while since we got a question through the D20 Radio Forums, but it's exciting.
0: Yeah. Yay. More people yeah. should use those.
1: Thanks, Kevin. Uh, Kevin, your question was how would you run a zero level game? If the PCs are just average, everyday commoners or nobles, but with minimal training, and must go on an adventure to resolve a conflict that is plaguing their small village, how would you adjust the rules to accommodate this? Thanks for your time.
0: Oh. Hmm. That would be a fun one. I mean, other games do have things set up for this.
1: hmm If you've ever played uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics, or at least when I played it with Jill, the GM handed me and Jill four little stat cards for completely normal people. Uh, and we had to storm a keep. Oh, well. <laughs> and occasionally we found extra people. And the people who got who survived the whole thing became level one. Ooh. I know. And I felt really attached to them by the end of it. It was kind of fun. Felt really bad for the tailor. So there's a bit to unpack in this one. And mm-hmm. you've got quite a few options for this kind of thing. You Nothing could...
0: concrete because right. yeah. You know, this game does start at level one. Yes. Uh, One thing I would mention Mm -hmm. is that this game is already, especially because it's Dragon Age, it's kind of designed with the idea that level one characters aren't equipped to deal with level one threats really all that well. Mm -hmm. So you could, you know, I mean, I imagine you have to keep people at level one, but just make sure that all their Mm -hmm. stats
1: start lower. Maybe give them less starting health. Yeah. Or just maybe just not as good starting equipment. Or all three.
0: Yeah, could just make them miserable.
1: For a zero level game, uh, you could potentially, you could roll their stats uh, as normal. If you were doing the point buy, uh, maybe give them because normally I believe you get ten maybe on give, average. Maybe give them eight to start yeah. with,
0: or seven. Like if you wanted to really just make Ooh, it difficult, be
1: mean. Maybe not less than seven though, because oh, that's that's already seven. pretty mean.
0: Yeah. But yeah, eight seems about right. Maybe even nine because you get one point per level up. Mm -hmm. So eight or nine.
1: With that point being the thing that gets you to level one. Yeah. Maybe you uh, you could probably keep it classless. Uh, Just have the characters like pick a background, um, but they don't really get like class benefits. They just start with like health (laughs) and maybe a little bit of a couple of maybe like a little bit of gear.
0: I kind of like the idea of retaining a little bit of each class, if for mm. no other reason than a zero level mage trying to control spells they don't know how to control sounds like a really solid draw for a zero level game.
1: That's that is fair. I do like that actually.
0: Like, and oh gosh, the odds of becoming a blood mage or an abomination or
1: mm. I mean,
0: technically you're using starting level stuff, but maybe make mm-hmm. it harder. Like, even for you know for a zero level character for an untrained mage. hmm. Heck, maybe you can do some more powerful spell stuff if you play your cards right, but literally every spell gives you a chance to get possessed. Because you don't know how to control it. Mm. You just started.
1: Mm. Could be fun. Oh, boy. Uh, Rogues and warriors, I guess, could probably stay pretty much the same, just maybe with less great gear.
0: Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe no actual real big, like, maybe limited use of class features. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe, like, backstab can only be used, like, once per encounter or something. Yeah,
0: like, this is your big cool moment, oh, and yeah. it's doing the thing that you're actually supposed to do. Or
1: maybe backstab only works if you actually ambush your enemies, instead of being able to use it multiple times in the combat. That would be kind of harsh. Are, that
0: would be a little harsh. But there are a couple of ways you can make this
1: happen. hmm So, hope that answers your question. Uh, and, of course, you'll also want to know how long it's going to take your PCs to get to level one. Uh, and what becoming level one is going to mean, whether it means you uh, get those uh, last few points or abilities that you're missing, or if it means, or if it just means, you know, you level up from where you are and then, and then keep going.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Could be fun stuff. Could be good. Uh-huh. Tell us
0: how it goes.
1: Absolutely. Please do, Kevin. Thank you for the question. Uh, next question comes from Romulo Mores through our Facebook page. I really hope I said it right. mm <laughs> I think I think he's already claimed that it was okay with how I said it but uh Romulo's question is if a spell or ability inflicts a penalty to dexterity is that penalty also applied to defense and speed for spells like weakness which apply a minus one to dexterity and a minus five to speed should I apply a minus six to speed for the character in consequence of the dexterity uh, in consequence of the dexterity decrease
0: um
1: technically yes
0: yeah pretty much
1: yeah you that's got it. rough you've got it right it's it's rough. Dexterity decreases will decrease your speed and your defense. And, of course, all your dexterity tests.
0: Yep. So a thing that applies to dexterity and speed?
1: Yes. Yeah, ouch. That's rowdy. Big ouch. That's rowdy. Uh, weakness, I mean, and ent- we've we talked about it on the show. Entropy is a pretty mean school of magic. Yeah. So to uh, answer your question, Romulo, you have it correct. That is absolutely correct. It's awful. Weakness is mean. Oof. Uh, but derived stats uh, do go down if the stat that derived them or goes the down. Or the
0: stat from which they are derived, yes. I guess.
1: There you go. Listen to her, not me. <laughs> Thank you for the question, Romulo, as always. Uh, next question comes from Gavin Wadsworth through our email. Uh, Gavin asks, what do you think about the idea of having a sister setting in the Dragon Age RPG, ta- Dragon Age tabletop RPG, one with Asian-inspired magical, art- magical martial arts and stuff? Obviously, the two regions haven't had much contact with each other so far, but it could be fun to run a campaign in which two cultures clash. I'm thinking of a fourth class that might be in order for the martial artists of the Jade Empire, uh, an unarmed war- armored warrior with minor magical, minor primal magic. But does that sound like something that would be cool, and should I get to work home brewing some Jade Age content, and what considerations should I make when doing so?
0: Hmm, that's an interesting thought.
1: Mm-hmm. One of Bioware's other properties is Jade Empire. Is considered one of their like, one of their uh, really good ones back in the golden A lot of folks call it the golden age of, of Bioware. Now, is this and supposed doing... to
0: be the uh, like? Is it actually considered canonically part of?
1: As far as that I know, world? I'm pretty sure it isn't.
0: Well, there's still or at least if uh, it is,
1: I've never heard anything like that. It
0: could be fun to still you know mash them up. You can do whatever you want in your games. Like sure. it's your world. Absolutely. But uh, And as far as making some cool stuff for Jade Empire, I think that could be awesome. Yeah, totally. I would make sure that you consult with people who have, you know, like cultural backgrounds in this material mm-hmm. just to make sure that it's being portrayed in a way that is accurate and respectful and mm-hmm. not, you know, gold,
1: not respectful. Gold star players here.
0: Yeah. But other than that, I think it would be super cool to do something like that.
1: I don't think Thetis would have the slightest idea what to do with the Jade Empire. Well, set that's setting,
0: perfect. Like,
1: which is, I don't think Jade Empire would know that the slightest thing to do with Thetis.
0: What's this about Darkspawn now?
1: What, what's this about magic? And it's not weird over here. Oh man! And the Templars would have problems with uh, magic monks.
0: Which um, makes this even better. Honestly. Oh, yeah,
1: which just makes it cooler. I mean, I mean, uh, all signs point to go make that, and if you do, you should totally share it with us.
0: Absolutely, we want to see. Sounds and, uh, super cool.
1: Potentially hack it so that it can work for both Fantasy Age and Dragon Age. Not super hard to do that. Just, you know, considerations for Pretty both. simple, yeah. Because it is technically a separate setting, you would want to take into account that uh, if it is taking place in the same setting... Uh, and assuming that Dragon Age is, like, that Thetis is the continent that you are, like, leaving or having visitors from, uh, and that one of the other continents nearby Thetis is where the Jade Empire is, then there are a couple of in-world considerations that would end up meshing. Uh, there would be, you know... Demons and things uh, that would go for that would be coming for uh, any mages who, uh, of course, can't control their powers. And... Yeah, I'm
0: betting you Jade Empire hasn't seen a whole lot of abominations get made.
1: I know they definitely have demons, uh, but I don't know about abominations. I haven't played Jade Empire. I actually own it, but I've, I've never played it before. I might have get to. on that. I might have to. It sounds like it's probably going to have a couple ideas that will be useful for my my homebrew setting as well.
0: Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely do it. Tell us about it. We want to know. For sure. And I think that is all of our questions today. I think it is.
1: Thank you, everybody, who asked your questions. Uh, Of course, if you out there have a question about the Dragon Age RPG, whether it's mechanics, build suggestions, questions about lore, clarifications about old episodes, anything else... Send a message to one is a Podcast at gmail.com. Send it to us through our Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Google Plus, or SoundCloud accounts. Send a personal message to Cot the Protector or Healer Puff on the Green Running forums. Or send a message to Cot or Lease on the D20 radio forums. That's us. Still us. Still us. And see, we looked in the mirror. Despite everything, it's still you.
0: Aww, I love that game. Peter,
1: Undertale reference. Totally belongs in a Dragon Age RPG podcast. Anyway.
0: Yeah, very, uh, very reasonable. Uh,
1: speaking of f- things that sound kind of dissonant, we don't have any dissonant verses for you this time around. Uh, but, you know, it sounds like folks are already in the works for a couple of cool things. Yeah, so, here's hoping
0: know. we have some good dissonant verses to tell you later.
1: For sure. Uh, if you can find uh, all of the things we've covered in the dissonant verses already archived in our resources for your game page on our blog, WordPress.com, and you can use all those avenues that we mentioned earlier to send us in your own content of course if you'd like to share it absolutely please do we do love sharing stuff
0: Mm -hmm. well as far as this topic goes Mm -hmm. you know it's a it's a big topic yes pretty big deal but i think uh how
1: long have you been brewing this one
0: i don't know what you're talking about i think we can get a couple of good talks in
1: oh man That one's a stretch.
0: Oh, I loved it though.
1: I'm glad you did. This this is the main topic for today. Poisons! Is it fate or chance? I can never decide. Who knows what your enemies may coat on a blade or what is in that glass flask flying through the air at your party? If you want to inject some alchemy mayhem into your games, the Poison-Making Talent is what we're here to tell you about. Uh, Despite the name, the Poison-Making Talent is for both poisons and explosives, opening many deadly options for your characters and for the NPCs that face them. These additional resources have a fair number of rules around them, so players and GMs would do well to take a good look at pages 90 to 96 for the full rules. We'll be going over them ourselves as well, because it's it's fairly intricate. Some of it might require some clarification, just... So we're all on the same page, and uh, GMs might know where they might want to fine-tune their particular experiences. Yes. Fun stuff. Uh, it's also worth noting that while poisons and grenades can be used by anyone, the process of learning them, preparing them, and even using them is dangerous for those without the poison-making talent. Uh, and of course, using grenades is dangerous for everyone, even those with the talent. And that goes for the NPCs making use of these rules as well. We'll be covering all that as we go in. Mm-hmm. So first, let's talk about the talent itself. Uh, Everything we talk about today is going to hinge on somebody taking this talent. And it has some real possibilities when you take it. Uh, The requirements. You can be any class to take poison making. You have to have the cunning poison lore focus. And that's it. That's all you need. And then, of course, take a talent. You can get this as early as level 3 if your GM lets you take the prerequisite focus at level 3 before selecting a talent. I.e. they let you level up in whatever order you like. I'm usually down for that. Mm -hmm. because mages will be able to get uh, a cunning focus at level 2, and the warriors and rogues can take one at level 3. If the GM has you level up in a specific order, then mages can get it at 3, and rogues and warriors will probably have to wait until 5. Yep. Yeah, if that's how your game is run, of course. And then, uh, specifically, what does this talent do? When you take the novice degree... Uh, you you get you get all the basics uh, all the basics of poison making and grenade preparation a whole kit and caboodle you can use poisons without endangering yourself uh, and you can brew novice recipes that you've collected uh, you begin knowing two novice poison recipes of your choice be sure to find some space in your character sheet or an additional piece of paper to record which poisons you have acquired the recipes for and how many of each dose you have brewed. Uh, the degree this degree of the talent all is guards you from the dangers of, and inefficiency of amateur poison making uh, and we'll be talking about some of the dangers of being an amateur poison user because you could always just go buy it at the market but if you don't know what you're doing could get cra- yeah. could get dangerous
0: gotta gotta keep an eye on that mm-hmm. gotta be careful
1: because mm-hmm. you
0: poison yourself
1: be yeah. if you nick yourself with the blade it's it's not gonna go well uh, journeyman degree you can now brew journeyman poisons and grenades that you learn the recipes for uh, you immediately will learn one journeyman poison recipe and one grenade recipe now this talent this degree of the town opens you up to a wealth of options uh, this means that not only do you have goodness I believe it's like nine poisons that you can now prep but you now have four grenades that you can prep and Uh, the master degree, you learn how to brew master poisons. You have the recipe before, and you learn one master recipe. This may sound a bit underwhelming, uh, coming from learning how to make both poisons and grenades in the previous degree of the talent, but the poisons and the master degree are game changers in most encounters, so be sure to have some fun with them.
0: Mm -hmm. You can make some nasty, nasty stuff later uh... Mean
1: stuff, for sure. So, there are a couple of steps for using poisons and grenades, uh all of them let's say all of them of course first begin with learning the recipes if you don't know how to make them then you just have to buy them from the market uh but if you make them you can get you can basically make them for cheaper than you could pay for them all folks who take the poison making talent start off with two poison recipes for free uh the options are fairly, qu- fairly slim, Crow's, uh, Crow's Poison is simple, an extra 1d6 penetrating damage on a strike with the weapon, uh, and Death Heart Extract robs the victim of their next action, forcing them to hallucinate into other actions, uh, but Hail's Dust and Spider Venom both make very solid choices, as they give penalties to ability scores for an entire encounter. Uh, Hail's Dust gives uh, its victim a minus two to strength for an encounter, and Spider Venom is a minus two to dexterity for one encounter. Ouch. Pretty rough stuff. (coughs) That whole thing we were talking about, about reducing dex and reducing all the derived stats? Yeah. Here we are. Here we are again. And strength is going to be reducing melee melee and thrown weapon damage rolls, so Mm
0: -hmm. you're going to want
1: those rounds. Uh, Now... Uh, let's see, you can learn two that you don't don't start with by finding the recipes. Recipe books are a common way to learn new recipes, but recipes are a guarded secret among poisoners. These recipes make strong rewards after adventures or campaign arcs. Uh, A few example books are on page 92, but the GMs are heartily encouraged to make a few of their own. Uh, The recipe books and the examples don't cover all the possible recipes, so this will be somewhat necessary.
0: Also, hazard a guess as to what we think you should do if you come up with unique poisons.
1: Did you guess?
0: Send them to us?
1: Absolutely. Ding, ding,
0: ding, ding, ding. Thank
1: you so much. We want to share this with the world. I mean... (laughs) That's our sales pitch. You're Did little, you like you're, it?
0: You're we're a little too excited, given that it's you know 14. super
1: excited. I'm, I I listened to the Adventure Zone very recently, so there's maybe a little bit of Garfield the Deals Warlock. Oh, geez, again. no. Oh, shut it we down. Yeah, shut it down. Let's see, we're bringing it in, bringing it in. Uh, the novice recipes, of course, may be available for purchase because uh, one of them was even used for like specifically uh, like like treating people, treating wounds. Now oh, that's gone forever. but um (laughs) i dropped a thing uh hail's dust was originally supposed to help like uh quiet down or weaken soldiers who were uh who were moving around and and and, uh and screeching too much on the operating tables so that uh, medics couldn't treat them uh but now you know it makes your muscles atrophy a little bit a little messed
0: up that it just makes it harder to squirm instead of removing some of the pain
1: Yes, you know, I th- I think that might have actually been what it was originally was supposed to be, but it has but since it been uh, it has since been Im- improved upon, quote unquote. Ah, <laughs> ah, beans. That's not great. No, it's not kind. Um, so, finding recipes is going to be a big part of the poison-making talent, and it's going to be a big treasure hunt for you. Uh, so GMs are very much encouraged to make recipe books and find good places to plant them through the campaign so that the PCs can go get them. Uh, res- let's see, Journeyman and Master poison, uh, poison and Grenade recipes are usually not for sale. Uh, most likely never for sale as the recipes are create very deadly effects and the, and the people who write those books probably don't want people taking the books and using the poisons against them. Um, because, I mean, that's just bad for business. Uh, claiming new recipes would be rewards for adventures or heists or experimentation if the PC is feeling lucky. Uh, we'll talk about how lucky you're feeling uh, a little later. Once you obtain a recipe, you have to actually... You can you, you can take the time to memorize it and learn it at the source. This takes several days of reading, experimenting, and potential danger. Uh, learning a new recipe, regardless of the degree, is always an advanced target number 13, cutting the poison lore test with a success threshold of 15. Each test represents one day of study, and once you finish it, you have memorized the recipe, and you can brew it anytime you want. Um... Uh, However, when you are learning a grenade-slash-poison recipe from an incomplete, corrupted, or even sabotaged source... We're looking the... at you, mm, the I G- Actually, I'm... not take
0: it back. This feels pretty antiven.
1: Uh, it could also be very Tavine. I could okay, we're venture. looking
0: at you, literally Is everyone, because you're all garbage.
1: And, you know, uh, some of the more jerk-faced people in Ferelden, and, I don't know, the Andes. So,
0: not the Dalish.
1: <laughs> not... I wouldn't go that far. I'm sure they've got a couple of things that so... they work with, too.
0: Probably everybody.
1: Probably everyone. Never mind. So you'll find these around... uh,
0: Sabotaged poisons, Probably. Uh,
1: But assuming that you come across a flawed source and you are trying to learn a recipe from that source, um, the GM may call that failing any of these roles on the advanced test requires a role on the poison research mishaps table on page 92. Buyers beware, and be prepared for some danger if you obtain that deadly discounted poison compendium.
0: Oh, but I love it. I love the idea.
1: And anyway, incidentally, if someone wants to write that
0: The Deadly Discounted Poison Compendium, do. maybe make like a percentage chance that a that a recipe in there is correct or is messed up. Mhm.
1: Like,
0: I love this item already. If y'all don't make it, I might Please do. I love this concept. Well, the, this the, one against... just
1: makes your weapon smell like peppermint. It doesn't really do anything else. Makes the, makes the wounds kind of tingle it's, a little. It
0: feels very Deals Warlock, actually. <laughs> I,
1: oh, God. Here we are again. Here we are again. Uh, now, once you've learned the poisons and you have them in your own recipe book, you can now brew them. Uh, you will have to gather the ingredients if you don't already have them. Poison, the poisons and grenades table on page 94 and 96 uh, list both the costs of the raw ingredients of the grenade poison and the cost of buying one that's already made. If you can find the market for it, you can simply pay the cost for the recipe and then begin brewing. Uh, if you want to avoid paying uh, paying the money or avoid the attention that comes with buying, it comes with buying poison ingredients. Uh, you can always go find the ingredients in the wild, which I believe we had Kelly and do a couple of times, or buy from different stores, or buy from different stores. You have to go from a couple of places. Yeah, yeah, like
0: don't just go to Walmart and be like, I need all these mysterious things in one order. They're going to look at you weird.
1: Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll have some problems. So if you want to collect the ingredients, you'll have to make an advanced cunning natural lore test with a success threshold of 10. The target number varies based on the recipe's degree. Uh, target number 11 for novice recipes, 15 for journeyman recipes, and 19 for master recipes. Oof. Uh, the GM is up to, let see, the GM is allowed to adjudicate whether or not the uh, ingredients that you need are even available for you to find in the first place but you may still end up spending the time looking. So, just so you know.
0: hmm
1: Now, uh, once you have the ingredients, uh, you can you perform an advanced cunning poison lore test with a success threshold of 10 and a target number based on the degree of the recipe. A lot of details coming at you, so get ready. Uh, target number 13 for novice, for novice recipes. Each test represents two hours, and if you succeed on the test, you make three doses. Uh, target number 15 for journeyman, For journeyman recipes, each test requires four hours and success creates two doses or two grenades. Uh, target number 17 for master recipes, each test requires six hours and, each, and success creates one dose. It's a good dose, though. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you might actually consider, especially during these particular tests, uh, the option... The GM may give you the option of using specific exploration stunts like uh, efficient search or speedy, speedy search. Uh, yeah. Really, mostly those Maybe two. Maybe get them done in half, help cut down on the time that you need and or cut, cut on... down on the resources. Yeah.
0: Either way could be nice.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And uh, this is, of course, assuming that you have an actual setup with which to craft your poisons. You're going to need certain mm-hmm. things. You don't Can't just need
1: just... two beakers and you. Pour the the beakers back and
0: forth in, like, the sort of stilted animation while this little bar fills up. It's not an MMO. It's not how this works. It's not how this works. You need stuff. And uh, if, uh, so, like, a decent laboratory is, what, like, a gold to purchase?
1: 100 silvers.
0: Yeah, but you might not have all the stuff you need every time. I mean, where did I put that Alembic? I don't know.
1: Kallion had a rough time with it, if I recall.
0: Yeah, we did have some problems with that.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know how far Kalian got into poison making, but she definitely had a note card that had a long of She had of at least one available. note
0: card front to back. So
1: she did. It's she true. She doing
0: pretty well. Um,
1: God, now that she's uh, a wealth keeper slash shadow keeper, she's probably got a nice lab.
0: There's probably a lot more poison in our country there's, than I am aware of. There's
1: probably a lot more poison in the country than we're aware of.
0: Uh, that said, I'm not going to think about it.
1: Speaking of Wealthkeeper, I wonder how she's making all that money these days. You guys live in a magic forest. You guys have all the components you need. Oh, man. Oh, man. There are some ramifications to this that we're going to need to talk Callian to Callian about. Amelia makes several later. illegal poisons. Oh, yes. I smell adventure seeds.
0: I smell poison. <laughs>
1: Callian sells to the wrong person and sends the Justicars to go silence them before they start spreading rumors that Brasilia is selling poison.
0: Oh. Well, now you're saying on the podcast and everybody knows.
1: I mean, it's okay for them to know as long as the Templars don't hear.
0: Don't tell the Templars, guys.
1: Don't tell the Templars. They're jerks anyway.
0: They're already, like, you know, closing in on us.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So.
0: all, All of that nonsense aside, um... If the GM thinks that you have the wrong tools, whether because you're, you know, working in a discount lab or your materials aren't as good as you thought they were, or you're working in the actual honest-to-goodness back of a wagon, they might rule that uh, every failed test to make a poison comes with a mishap. And especially for that back-of-the-wagon scenario, I think that's entirely fair.
1: Yep. If Check you spill that 91. stuff,
0: there is literally no way you are not going to get that nonsense on something oh, yeah. you care about.
1: And if you're working on a journeyman recipe, the outcome increases by one, and master recipes increase the outcome by two. Also, bombs. <laughs> also, definitely explosives are probably going to blow up.
0: Yeah, this this could be bad. And, uh, yeah, so... Your, if that... your GM should probably warn you that this is a possibility, though. Absolutely. Because, uh, this... As... as most situations involving accidental bombs and wagons, this can be fatal. Oh
1: yeah, so, for sure. So, just
0: make sure if you're a GM and you plan on giving them a chance to mess up when they make po uh, poisons, just let them know.
1: Just let them know that you know. Hey, this could, could kill go you. very bad. Now, because it is only ever a target number ten, the mo- the you the least you'd have to make is at least two tests, assuming mm-hmm. that especially once you get to level six and you can add your focus bonus. Yeah. Because you've got the focus bonus, because you had needed to take it for the talent, then... Makes it go much faster. Yeah, it goes much faster.
0: But uh, it, you know, also getting your advanced focus at 11. Yes. If you get that, that can make it yeah. even faster.
1: Mm-hmm. That would give you at most, I think, success 9 on a roll. So it's, you'd still need two rolls at least to make it. Unless you had some way of increasing your success even further.
0: Yeah, but this would at least... Make it much more likely that you could do it within two rolls instead of three.
1: Yes, correct.
0: Decrease your chances of spilling that beaker De- on yourself.
1: Decrease the chances of exploding. That too. And uh, uh, definitely one of those one of those mishaps. The big one is actually you die and all your tools are destroyed. <laughs> like it's.
0: I like that they add that your tools are destroyed just in case <laughs> you had them in your will somewhere. Oh like, yeah, for sure. It's like, hey, if you were gonna bequeath your poison making stuff, whoops.
1: Too late for that. You blew up. Now, uh, now that you've gone to the trouble learning the recipe, and you gathered the materials, you're still not dead, and you've, you're still not dead at this point, And you've made the poisons. Uh, now you get to use them.
0: Make other people dead. Make
1: other people dead. Now that you've made your poisons, uh, you've got a couple of you've got a couple more steps to go through, uh, the, especially for those who do not have the talent.
0: And if you've gotten this far without the poison-making talent, I'm yeah. not even mad. I'm impressed.
1: Uh, you, They've probably spent a lot of money at this point. Oh, there they bought the like, poison? Yeah, like, here's a gold and a half. Give me some crow poison. Yeah, sure. Here you go, kid. <laughs> Have fun.
0: Oh, man. Okay, yeah, so if you're rich, you've got more problems. Unless you hire somebody to what use it, it for uh, you, like.
1: if you. If it doesn't work out for you, you get your money back guarantee. Really? Really? Like that gnome in Carmaga who gives uh, kite rides.
0: That is true. The
1: customer satisfaction or your money back. Was like kites over like over the side of yeah. the, of the cliff A thousand
0: foot drop something like that yeah
1: something like that yeah. works though. Yeah, so uh, you need at least a minute of careful work to coat a melee weapon and up to three pieces of ammunition with a single dose of the poison.
0: So four rounds.
1: Yes. If you do not have the talent, you must make a target number 13 cunning poison lore test to not expose yourself to the poison and waste the dose. Uh, if you're in the midst of combat, you get a minus three on the test.
0: So yeah, if you don't have the poison making talent, you really don't want to try to put this poison on your weapons mm. you in could, the moment.
1: But man, is it dangerous. Uh, Once you've got the weapon coated, the poison persists on the weapon for one encounter. Uh, The GM may rule that you must coat the weapon very soon before combat, like moments before rolling initiative in particular cases, or some GMs may say, you know, you can just declare that you coated coated your weapons with poison before you you came in. you
0: know what, this is actually another thing that you'll want to tell your PCs before Mm -hmm. they take this talent, because that will determine sort of the viability of the talent, whether Mm -hmm. or not they can do it like... Ten minutes ahead, or an hour ahead, mm. or like a week ahead. I mean, it'd have to be a pretty durable poison, but yeah. some poisons don't break down that some much. Some poisons
1: so. don't break down, and they just kill everybody. Things get bad.
0: Well, hard to kill everybody in this case.
1: Hmm. Fair enough. Uh, once you have the weapons coated, you got it for an encounter. Uh, a single weapon or set of ammunition can only have one dose of one single dose of a poison on it at once. Which means once it's coated with crow's po- with crows poison, you can't put more crow's poison on it. Uh, and you also can't put death root extract on it. It's got mm-hmm. the crow's poison on it for the rest of the count- for the, rest of the encounter. And then, you know, it, it gets worn off one way or another.
0: Although I think you could probably see if you had a poison on your weapon and you applied a different poison, I could see a GM allowing you to overlap them instead and be like, like okay, it. well now it's the new poison.
1: Yeah, that poison's wiped off, you put on the new one. I like that.
0: It makes sense that you could wipe off a poison.
1: Now, poisons are delivered from the weapon with a special stunt called the envenom stunt, which causes your target of the target of the attack to suffer the damage and additional effects of the poison immediately. Uh, any damage that is listed from a poison is always penetrating damage.-hmm, which can get which can be fun. Uh, now this costs two stunt points, uh, but if you don't have the poison making talent, it costs four.
0: In case you haven't been catching the drift, Have this talent before messing with poisons. If you're going to be
1: working with poisons, you probably want that talent. take
0: the talent. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, As we read it, uh, the poison stays on the weapons for the entire encounter, uh, but a single creature can only be targeted by a specific poison once per encounter. Uh, But that could mean that, you know, that you can at least deliver the poison to every target in the combat once. Mm -hmm. uh, Or every target in the encounter once. Some GMs may not rule it this way. Uh, But given the amount of effort that it can take to get to this point, I think that that's the least we can do. Yeah. For sure. Uh, Now, then after we're using poisons, we also got to talk about how we use grenades. Because you're going to be making grenades, hopefully. Uh, Now that you've got that bandolier around your chest, it's time to get fleeing. Grenades have their own rules and their own dangers. Uh, First, you must ready a grenade as per the minor action ready, and then throw it as a major action um, and it's worth noting that while that at that moment, when anybody, not just you, has a grenade in their hands but hasn't thrown it yet, they are susceptible to something called the Kaboom Stunt.
0: Which is, objectively, the best named stunt in the game. Oh,
1: for sure. Uh, so get these flying fast, refer- preferably on, the, on that same turn if you could. Uh, the stunt is on page 93 if you'd like to read it. Uh, and, of course, players can take advantage of this stunt if any of your enemies happen to be pulling out grenades but not throwing them just yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can throw a grenade up to eight yards, targeting a specific square. If you succeed on a target number eleven grenades test, the grenade deal the grenade hits its intended location uh, and deals damage to and additional effects to everyone and everything, friends or foes, within two yards of the explosion. Which we I, I usually read as the square you chose and all adjacent squares. Uh, the number. And uh, the number may go up and down. Let's see, oh, the target number to throw it may go up or down based on the conditions of your throwing. Like if you're trying to throw through an open window, but you don't actually see where you're throwing it, or maybe if the wind is really bad. Um, if the throwing test fails, the grenade flies one d six yards in the direction of the GM's choice. Oh, dog! <laughs> Watch out!
0: Oh man, the, there's there's nothing good about that. Note that that is 1d6 yards, and that squares are measured in two yards.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's so probably not
0: going too far. It's on, the, on the bright side, if you went for a far-range person, you're probably not going to murder your friends. If you're pinpointing in the middle of a melee combat with your friends, you have erred.
1: You have erred. First
0: of all, that was an error in judgment in the first place. <laughs> and a, Secondly, oh boy.
1: Uh, now you can stunt on a grenade attack. Uh, But, because it hits multiple targets, you have to choose which stunts are being applied to which targets in the explosion. You can't have a mighty blow hit all targets in the explosion, just one.
0: Though, that would be ridiculous.
1: That would be pretty wild. Uh, So, uh, those are the basics. Feel free to take a look uh, at the rule book to get uh, maybe some more specifics or to get some specific examples, because I believe they usually list some examples in the book itself, Mm -hmm. like an example during play. Uh, and of course, how the kaboom stunt works, and what each of those grenades do, and poisons do, because we're not going to go through the grenades and poisons. The list is, it's like seventeen items, and we'll be here for a little while. So we're going to close with. See, we got we got a couple of suggestions for you. Um, combining poisons with traps because they're both fun. If you got fun on this one, this hand and that hand, why not put them together and have more fun?
0: Um definitely let's talk about this, but I have another fun plus fun equals lots of fun or Uh-oh. possibly mass devastation yes. concept. And that is we just talked about poisons.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And then we just talked about grenades. Oh man. Why haven't we talked about poison grenades?
1: I don't know. Make I it haven't. happen, friends. <laughs> Make it happen. Now you mean like putting poison on the outside of the grenade, or actually like making inside
0: a gr- the grenade?
1: Ooh, ooh, that sounds fun.
0: Maybe make it much harder to like apply the poison effectively. Mm-hmm. But it, if you get it in there, you coat, you coat it. That shrapnel is gonna be ooh. poison
1: coated. Ooh, I like it. You could,
0: you could definitely get some.
1: That's a cool idea, actually. Ooh.
0: Yeah, poison grenades.
1: Get to it, folks. Or maybe I'll write maybe that. Maybe you sounds, should get to should, it. Maybe I should get to that. Maybe, maybe Callian's already something. made that. Maybe we I don't should... want to talk about it. <laughs> I should talk Dad. to Jill. I need to talk to Jill.
0: No, you can't give her my idea.
1: Uh, <laughs> you gave it freely, so now it's out in the world. It's no. everybody's idea now.
0: Everyone but Callian.
1: Uh, if your PC or one of your allies or fellow PCs can make traps while you have poisons, with the GM's permission, you may be able to tra- craft some truly dangerous combinations. Uh, like, if you're a master of poisons, uh, and they're a master of traps, um, they can make a 4d6 penetrating damage, uh, tra- single target trap and make it so that the trap also delivers something like quiet death.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's very chocolate, you know, you got chocolate in my peanut butter kind of situation, except f- everyone dies.
1: 4d6 penetrating damage. Also, make a constitution st- st- test or you go directly to zero health and start dying. Fun. You know, fun stuff. Uh, the GM might also consider using this option to further enhance their traps or hazards.
0: If you hate your PCs. Yeah,
1: you know, if you just cannot stand those PCs. Now you've got a spray. Oh, no. Uh, GM. At should... least you
0: do if you have a poison <laughs> grenade.
1: <laughs> uh, GM should take into account that the poison-making talent involves a lot of expenditure of downtime yeah, campaigns that are always on the road might be tricky for poisoners or at least expensive uh, as they yeah. can as they might have trouble settling down to craft and might be using less than optimal tools already. Um, characters with the talent can still use poisons safely, making them a possible tactical option. Tactical option. it is the only thing that a PC needs uh, out of its, if if the only thing that a PC needs out of poisons is the ability to use them safely, or just because they just intend to purchase them instead yeah. of making them themselves, then you really only need the novice degree.
0: But everyone should, anyone who wants to dabble with poisons, should take that novice degree for
1: sure. Or it just—it's just dangerous and it's not, and it's inefficient.
0: Just a bad call.
1: Uh, so GM should make some special considerations in campaigns where someone is using this talent, especially if multiple PCs are taking the talent. Uh, if you have access to Modern Age, grenades work a little bit differently in that game. I think it's—I <laughs> think the only real difference is that. Uh, Instead of just uh, square within 8 yards, uh, the range is 15 yards plus strength.
0: Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. To do the thrown weapon.
1: Mm Hmm. So, you know, maybe your GM feels like going that way. Uh, Yeah. Or maybe feels like sticking with what we got. I mean, for the most part, the rules are pretty much the same. I think they just increased the range because 8 yards is not that much range. That's 4 squares. Uh, And I kind of liked the... I kind of liked the uh, the range being adjusted by by throwing strength.
0: Yeah, many other games adjust your throwing range mm-hmm. with your strength and I think that mm-hmm. makes perfect sense.
1: And of course, it also used accuracy instead of dexterity. But, you know, what that we, we talked about that a while in time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, there are currently 13 poison and 4 grenade recipes, but that need not be all the recipes for your campaign. Uh, Dragon Age has had several new alchemical concoctions Including, but certainly not limited to, Tears of the Dead, Arcane Poison, Pitch Grenades, Healing Mists. My
0: personal favorite coming up here.
1: Jars of bees. bees. They give targets the bees condition.
0: The, fa- the fact that there's a bee. Is there a, <laughs> wait, a wait, condi- wait, is there a stunt that's just bees? Because that oh, one man. now wins first place as best named so stunt.
1: There needs to be one. Maybe we'll work on that.
0: Okay, well Kaboom is still in first. Okay?
1: Kaboom is still in first place. Um, feel free to create your own recipes as well, and if you do, you should definitely share them with us, because we like sharing what folks make. Because we've already, we've already got a lot of stuff. Man. Mm -hmm. I had to, I, 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 uh, I rearranged our resources for your game page into categories, so that it was easier to peruse, easier to peruse instead of just going down this huge list of items. So, you folks have made a lot of cool stuff.
0: Never fail to impress.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, closing remarks. We'll leave you on these notes. Uh, We uh, we fear that poisons often get overlooked as an option, uh, but they are not suitable for all games, of course. Uh, Urban campaigns of intrigue and assassination, wilderness campaigns where you often come into the possession of ingredients for poison, or scouts hoping to give their armies an edge in the coming fight by poisoning the commanders of the enemy would all make great campaigns to use this talent in. Mm And certainly aren't the only ones. This talent has a place, uh, but few things are going to give your PC more tools to play with.
0: Yeah, especially for non-mages, this gives oh, yes. a good set of. Uh...
1: It's a very, it's a very roguish thing to do. It feels very rogue. Yeah, but it, it is gives most... a good
0: AOE option for classes that normally don't get much yes. in that regard.
1: For sure, definitely. So and, check um, it out. Yeah, please do. I think uh, a lot of folks are grumpy with the talent because they look at how long it like takes to make everything. And it is a
0: lot of work.
1: It is a lot of work. But I mean, especially once you get master degree, you're getting things like concentrated mage bane where you can hit somebody with hit a target and they just lose 4d6 mana.
0: Mage bane bomb. Like, mage bane bomb.
1: Ooh man. That's the wyvern venom. Wyvern venom is
0: Oh, we really? experienced that.
1: That stuff's mean. We like,
0: experienced that in the game.
1: Like those master sm- those master poisons. Uh, say, I mean, the talent lets you learn how to make one right away. Wyvern Venom is one of your options.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> That's nasty. Mean it's, friends. it's
1: mean. Go for it.
0: We we had to do some stuff just to get an antidote. Yeah,
1: like you basically, just take somebody out of the encounter, uh, uh, and out of life, out of life forever. You take
0: them out of life.
1: Uh huh. So you know, grab your bandoliers and your flasks. Get ye flasks mm-hmm. and uh, go po- and go poison some folks who aren't us.
0: In fiction.
1: In fiction In, fiction. In fiction. Please, yes, thank you. Um, Important clarification.
0: Yeah. No, I think get uh, ye fiction flask. I think we did a bang up job of describing these grenades. Oh man. I guess you could say our coverage of poisons was phenomenal. Oh my God. I saved both of those for the end, uh, just because you wouldn't expect them.
1: Oh, man. I was in a safe, comfortable place, and then and then it wasn't safe anymore. There is
0: nothing safe. Nothing but is I sacred. Nothing s- is safe. Never
1: safe from the pun game. Nope. Uh, thank you all for listening to the One is a Thedas podcast. Thanks for putting up with us.
0: They mean uh, me, but it, they don't want to say it because I'm right next to them.
1: See, they most certainly do. <laughs> if you like what we do, please consider supporting us on our new Patreon. If, if you support us with only $3 per month, you get to vote on our Patreon poll, which is worth twice as many votes as the other polls. If you support us with $5 per month, you get to hear these episodes a week early on Patreon. Anything you can contribute is appreciated. Uh, you can find the link on our Patreon and our blog and in the post for the show. If you can't contribute anything, that's just fine. The show of we course, understand, comes out for free. don't worry. Uh, we we got you, yeah, for sure. We've got more potential rewards coming down the pipeline. We'd really love, especially once we get started in some of our campaigns, like uh, the campaigns that we're the running right actual now. Actual play stuff uh, is going to come out. Yeah, yeah. we want to do some actual plays. We want to start offering rewards where we run games for folks who give us money, and uh, and maybe even. Write adventures that are yeah. that we ask you folks to play with us and maybe you'll get some credit for playtesting them i'll yeah, knit you stuff. a
0: dragon
1: there or not know. knit
0: i never knit i do crochet though
1: crochet a dragon i'll
0: crochet you a
1: dragon moonbeam is very cute
0: yeah some people got to meet moonbeam this year good so.
1: so if you like to keep up with the show you can follow us on our social media feel free to leave a comment or a question and tell us how your dragon age games are going we love hearing it we uh, do Feel free to comment uh, on our show or on our SoundCloud, and if you can, please just leave us a review on iTunes or Google Play. It really helps us out. Yes. So, thank you for listening to the One is the Thetist podcast once again. Episode fifty-eight. We've come a long way, and let's say, Goodness, I think we've, it's, it's, we've there been two Gen Cons, two Gen Cons, three Gen Cons since we started the show.
0: Been a lot of Gen Con.
1: There's been a lot of Gen Con. It's been fun stuff. Uh, but this is Rand wishing lots of sixes on that dragon die.
0: And this is Jessica wishing you good heals and happy fields.
1: Thank you for listening, and you all have a good time.
0: Hey, yeah. Uh, good luck with those poisons. We'll see you next time.
1: Bye bye.